0: And welcome back to Still Loading, the podcast where we talk about the decline of everything, but mostly video games. My name's Aiden. And I'm Matt. And uh, today we want to talk about DLC culture specifically. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing where like you can buy it in a cash shop or like maybe like you play your game and then a few months later DLC comes out or you know, sometimes you buy a new game and you can, you know, buy a season pass right away for the DLC that will come out. Oh yeah. That's never a good sign. Nope. Um, <laughs> Before we get into all of that though, uh, last time we recorded, I, I talked about specifically like what I thought about Elden Ring, um, and then I just said, you know, I'm not going to make a final choice on it, final decision, until I beat it. Or I get really far into it anyways, and I can't beat it, which didn't happen. I beat the game. <laughs> so I beat the game, and uh, you know, final decisions are, yeah, I think what I said before is pretty accurate. It's a 7 out of 10 game. I think it's a very good game for a Souls game. Everything is polished, everything feels good. Um, I did enjoy my time with that game as much as it pissed me off. I did enjoy it. And what I kind of realized was uh, I was more so pissed off at FromSoft than I was the game itself. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of the development choices, like we talked about with artificial difficulty, like that's a development choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a lot of PvP in in my first round because I liked PvP. Um, And so I jacked up my health to like around 2k. And I went back to PvE, and monsters were still, like, fucking one-shotting me. Like, something... Things should not deal 2,000 damage to you. That's absurd. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of the issue. It's, like, every monster, especially bosses or anything like a mini-boss, like, they all have an AoE, they all have a shockwave, they all have a random projectile that some of them home in on you for no fucking reason. Um, That game is not hard. That game is unfair. That's what I kind of, like, come down to it for, is... That game is a dick like i said that game is a fucking dick and that's a development choice you know i think that FromSoft has taken every single naked no hit only parries speed run blah 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 whatever run personally Mm. i feel like that's what it is i feel like they're just like mad that people have made their games you know a laughing stock in the community (laughs) and so with this one they really want to prove something um and that, that kind of uh, feeds into today's topic, because the first patch went live for Elden Ring, and one of the first things they did was nerf a ton of abilities, in the PvE game, no less. And you can make the argument, like, oh, well, it balances PvP, like, no it doesn't. A lot of these things were chosen because they were too strong, quote-unquote, too strong in the PvE content. And that just screams to me big baby. Mm-hmm. FromSoft is a big fucking baby. <laughs> that to me is like when you're playing D&D and your DM regrets giving you a strong magic item because you actually use it correctly and they get mad that you killed their bad guy and they're like, you no, know fuck you guys I'm going home. Oh yeah. i
1: packing <laughs> up my toys and going home.
0: Exactly. Or, or they're like, alright, well now you guys instantly die for no reason. It's like, well, why do we die? Like I said, no reason. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what FromSoft's doing. That's exactly the mentality it's coming across as. Um, and you know, I was willing to forgive that. I was. But what also added to this new patch was quest lines from NPCs that were not finished previously. I Meaning FromSoft sold us an incomplete game.
1: Ooh, big no no.
0: Yeah, and for me who spent around a hundred hours on my first playthrough to finish all the quest lines I could, to get everything I could and like find all nooks and crannies I could find. Um, now knowing that I'd have to probably finish my second playthrough, just to start a third playthrough, to potentially finish all of them again, that's fucked up. And I'm not happy about that. Um I'm unhappy in general about the incomplete game stuff. Like it's not a move I thought Fromsoft would do. Like I really don't think they would.
1: No, you know, they were kind of the exception to most of this stuff. Like if you could count on anybody, you could count on Miyazaki and his team. Which I don't know how much of his influence like is in this. I don't know how innocent he is in all of these decisions, but yeah, that's a that's a kick in the balls, dude. That's not fair. Um it really sucks to see a good one start going down the path. Um to touch on what you said earlier, you said like uh them taking it personally like the no-hit runs, the naked runs and all that stuff. That's all well and good, you know, cuz I'm not casting stones at anybody that chooses to play this game like that.
0: Oh yeah, if you've got the skill, that's impressive. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely impressive. I watched someone fight the the boss that literally broke me in my first playthrough, of that I was actually really fucking seething rage fighting. I watched them like do it naked with like a beginner's weapon, like no hit. I was like, damn, that's impressive.
1: Yeah. But that also because you're 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 now you're pandering. You're pandering to that elite level of player and fuck the casuals, and I and I've stated this in pretty much every episode, like I hate the casual as a four letter word, and this is just a further reinforcement of that idea
0: yeah i mean one of the items that they nerfed that that's that's part of it right is like a lot of the pa- a lot of what they nerfed for the patches in general or the patch in general And like this may be why i was going to forgive it after a couple of days when i really thought about it it doesn't really affect my playstyle at all mm-hmm. the, the things they were nerfing i wasn't using anyways um but part of what really aggravated me and like i was talking on twitter about this with some people was that like what about the people who need that extra crutch what if like mm-hmm. they found this really cool weapon? and They're like, wow, this thing's really strong. Like, it's giving me that edge I need to like succeed at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the weapons they nerfed, like I know nobody was fucking using the thing in PVE. The wind up takes forever to use a special ability on it. Nobody was using that in PvP. Um, it's a legendary weapon because they have the the tiers now in this game. Right, of, like, I cat, about that. yeah, like common, rare, legendary. Mm-hmm. This is a legendary sword. They have to be like minimum. Say like minimum like 55 level 60 ish to equip effectively wow because the stat requirements are very demanding and it should be strong i don't know about you like i feel like a legendary weapon should be strong absolutely it, it just feels like it should be um and that's kind of what, what what this whole episode's about it's like the dlc culture with that is like to have the power to for better or for worse like change a game after it comes out um you know i get it in games where like there's a lot of when it's like solely competitive, you know, or like maybe uh, there's balancing issues in some regard, you know, like I always forgave it in Destiny, for example, because like sometimes guns were underpowered, sometimes guns were really overpowered, mm-hmm. especially in Crucible. Yeah, I am um, Osiris. Fuck off. Yeah, you know, it, it made sense to do things like that, but in a pure PvE game where PvP is like, you know, it's like 20% of the community essentially, mm-hmm. um, like why do you care?
1: Yeah. Why, why do you give any kind of damn what the people who are just trying to have a good time are doing
0: yeah it just and by the way like I, said, I did a ton of PvP the, some of the abilities they did nerf specifically for PvP they weren't that overpowered like just don't fucking stand there like an idiot that's really the only yeah. thing don't be predictable that's all it is
1: I wonder what train of thought led to those choices like I mean cause there has to be like somebody saying like oh hey this is an issue for x y and z And maybe if we could get, you know, more light on it. Mm -hmm. Because something I've noticed, like, just with the things we discuss and the people I talk to that I recommend our podcast to, we're not the only ones that think like this. Like, clearly not. I mean, if you're tuning into this, you probably think this way as well. So I, I would love to know, like, what goes into making those kind of choices? Because I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's fair to your average Joe Gamer
0: yeah you know there's nothing wrong with enjoying a souls game casually some people really love the lore some people really love the combat but they're not great at it you know mm-hmm. it's very hard for them to get through some fights you know like some bosses take them longer than others and that's okay there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that some people use the summons they ask their friends to come help them like it doesn't fucking matter dude just enjoy the game it, mm-hmm. you know that's the whole point point. and like this seems like a direct attack on people like that but yep. like, you know maybe they found that weapon or they watch one of those videos on youtube they're like hey if you get this sword it's really effective and like it'll really help you like get that edge over the combat you know maybe they they did all their death runs to so go get it and like they got yep. it and they're like okay well now it's kind of bad but okay
1: yeah and that really sucks like and I, I don't know if you you get this way too but I get attached to certain pieces of gear
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: like it really sucks when like the thing you've had for like the last 10 levels just isn't viable anymore that's that's a shitty feeling
0: they nursed my uh my virtual sword so <laughs> yeah that was the only thing i wasn't using it anymore because i changed my build around at the end but like just the fact knowing it sucks now i'm like oh, i probably won't use this ever again that sucks but that was such a fun weapon to just use like to find it as randomly as i did um i didn't look up a video about it like i just mm. i found it randomly and i was like i worked my ass off to kill that boss because i was like you know i got the halfway i can probably do this I just have to like learn the fight a little bit better and so I did like it took me like 10 or so tries to do it but I killed that fucking boss and then like my reward is that really cool sword and I was like this thing's fucking amazing
1: yeah fucking great and now that doesn't matter
0: yeah it doesn't and you know something uh the last thing I want to touch on about Elden Ring and specifically um what I've noticed too is there's a lot more you know eventually dark souls games or any souls game it comes down to like oh you can cheese this boss by doing x y and z mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy to cheese this boss doing this and so people make whole videos about choosing bosses um but for the most part people really respect the integrity of the game but i've noticed with elden ring there's so much more of those videos being like yeah you can cheese this boss by doing this and it feels more like that's a necessity more than a like just a community thing
1: yeah um i that comes across my feed constantly like um just like on the forums and stuff people brick walling uh early game content like myself i am completely brick walled to the point where and i've never had this experience in a souls game before where i've actually um at this point completely put it down mm-hmm. like i don't have any desire to go back into that right now like the amount of frustration that i get from that game is is too immense like yeah, yeah it, it really sucks like because like i said i've Never once claimed to be an elite level gamer or super awesome. There's a few titles I'm good at, but from games have always been difficult for me, mm-hmm. and this one just seems like you put it just brutally unfair. Yeah. I can't I can't get an edge on it, and that sucks.
0: Yeah, then you have the things that would allow you to get an edge, and those are just nerfed in the last patch. So
1: yeah, like so the the debate I keep falling into, especially with people I talk to about Elden Ring. Um, they say things like well every build is viable and to that I reply with horse shit you haven't played every build yeah. the game has not been out long enough for you to have beaten the game with every build that's not a thing so because um, I ask like I, I run a spear and shield build I said have you run this build before and they say no I'm like then how the fuck do you know
0: <laughs> we can make it viable I think I could help you make it viable
1: totally but at, at where I sit at the current moment yeah it's not
0: Well, you know, part of it, too, is, like, I have easy suggestions for you where I could be, like, oh, the easy suggestion is this. But, like, if you wanted to, like, you know, really be unique, which, you know, that's the whole point of making a character you're proud of. Like, yeah, I made this really cool, this X, Y, and Z themed, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, before I changed my build-up entirely, like, I straight up was accidentally Virgil from Devil May Cry. Like, I had, like, the Phantom Swords and, like, the, like cool dash and everything like oh nice i was accidentally virgil and i was like this is so much fun um and i changed my build up towards towards end game but uh yeah no it's just it it falls into the same category what i talked about the first time i talked about the ring was like the pacing the pacing is not good
1: um, what pacing yeah from what i've seen what pacing dude
0: yeah i guarantee the issues you're having with your playthrough it's just that like you have not done enough of what the game wants you to do which is go explore a shit ton and find a bunch of things and get die like a million times finding certain items to upgrade your stuff so then you can finally be like you know deal damage to the current of what you're fighting and i yeah. ran into that the first like couple hours i played it too like that was my first experience was it was a uh, not the first boss but it was like towards the first or no it was the first boss yeah um i almost killed the first boss but it took a really long time and i was playing really really safe and i was like I have to be able to deal more damage than this. Like, this takes a really long time to fight this boss. And, like, he's one-shotting, one to two-shotting me. Like, this is ridiculous.
1: That's my story. You're you're telling my story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I just, I, I figured, like, after that I, I did the revenge run basically where I was like okay I'm gonna go fuck off for like 30-40 hours and I came back and I was like okay fuck you like and that's what it became and like I just feel like that's what FromSoft wants you to do and again that's not fair that's not a fair open world experience um,
1: I, I don't the, the problem is like I don't have time for that yeah exactly like I literally uh, I have an interesting point to land on with this later okay Um, just about uh, time management versus DLC versus microtransaction. I'll touch on it later, but um, I do have something to say about that. A good point a friend brought up to me.
0: Okay. Yeah, so, uh, I think that's all I have to say about Elden Ring. What do you think? Um,
1: In closing, like, I was I was looking forward to this game for a long time. And then, like, like we had talked about previously about the honeymoon phase with that game. I came out of it and
0: yeah I felt so bad because like I felt like I was being a dick when we were talking about it like off air because I was just like well let me know when you play the game for about 30 hours tell me what you think after that yep. <laughs>
1: I think I'm like 33 hours into the game and I just I can't bring myself to give a damn about any of it mm-hmm. like to be that brick walled the only other thing I was this brick walled in in a FromSoft game was Ornstein and Smell
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not gonna lie to you I was stuck at that boss for six months I could not put him in a hole and, and then I did and I had that glorious sense of accomplishment and I don't think I'm going to get that here I think I'm going to be like oh finally and then move on I don't really think I'm grasping the fights like I should
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that sucks like uh, a lot of the memes going around about Eldering bosses like the half swings mm-hmm. and then full swings and then double speed swings and things like that I, I find these fights very hard to track and I think that's a choice based on like what you said like top tier players with their ability to use the game's physics against himself and like really kick that game's ass it's like well we have to change you know something for them while screwing over 90% of your fan base because I guarantee like every average Dark Soul player that you come across is not the guy that can beat the game on grapes mm-hmm. it's not that guy <laughs> yeah I still can't believe it's a fucking thing <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous I'll have to show it to you man it's it makes me feel like I'm bad at video games in general, but yeah, it's insane. Yeah So I guess my my closing with it is I can't care about this right now because I don't have time to
0: yeah No, I totally get that um, So before we get into like this was really negative um, but mm-hmm. um, Before we get really negative um, I do actually have some positive notes for this which I think is me growing as a person So oh, yeah, you know go you <laughs> um, uh one thing i think is good about dlc culture and keep in mind when i say dlc culture throughout this whole thing i'm talking about microtransactions transactions in the shop i'm talking about upgrading the game after it's been released changing things after it's been released um I'm talking about anything in that same vein of like and i'm also talking about you know chapter expansions like if you specifically can buy more content for the game afterwards mm-hmm. um that's what I'm talking about I say DLC culture so it encompasses all of that mm-hmm. so uh the first positive thing I have to say about that is like some companies really do do their due diligence and they test the game exclusively and they have people test it there's usually a beta involved mm-hmm. um they do a really good job of that and still sometimes the game breaks in an unforeseeable way mm-hmm. um when that happens that's not a game changing experience where it's like well this game's unplayable now it's like they'll they'll fix it and then the game will be playable again I think that's a really good thing I think that's a positive note for that yeah totally um, but, you know, a negative twist to that also is uh, not every company will do that, um, especially if you're Bethesda or Ubisoft. Um, mm-hmm. Bethesda fixes their bugs when a new copy of Skyrim comes out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you pay another $40, 50 $60, you can get a Skyrim without that bug in it. Um, <laughs> what bug do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always new ones. Yeah. Uh, and then Ubisoft, too, if, that, if their current game mm-hmm. is not making them or that game is not making them money currently, they don't want it. Um, there's still tons of bugs in Assassin's Creed Origins, tons of bugs in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, they don't fucking care. They've, it's been years now and they have not fixed those bugs because it stopped making them money. As soon as they move on to their next project, it stopped making them money. Currently um, they're all about Valhalla and they fixed that bug right away. There's a really bad bug in that game, they fixed it immediately and it's like, yeah, it's making them money still. They just came mm-hmm. out with DLC for it, as fate would have it. <laughs> Seems
1: like uh, you could tack EA into the same category.
0: EA notoriously does not give you complete games.
1: No, like, uh, it's something I've noticed because, as you know, I'm a pretty big NHL junkie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, It's really frustrating when you find something in one of their games, and, like, this is clearly a problem. Like, uh, just a small case in point, I play goalie, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I play goalie online. And I've found in, specifically, NHL 20 There was a series of moves that anybody like skating against me could do. That there was, it broke the system so hard that there was no way I could save those goals. So there'd be some matches we get into online, and it wasn't for a lack of my skill that I couldn't make the save. It was for the lack of, well, the game's programming says this shot is this difficult to save, and you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's not physically possible. I'm like, well, that's that's horseshit. If that shot is that difficult to save, then why can it be attempted? Because it was, dude, it was bullshit. Like between the legs, left and right, and you could be completely square with a shot, and it would go over your shoulder every every time. There was nothing you could do about it. I've I've I smashed my head against that for an entire season trying to figure out how to do it, and then again resorted to the allegory internet and was like, oh yeah, by the way, that's that's a complete game breaking tactic. I was like, okay, well, how do I handle that? I'm like, oh, you just report those players. Like, that's not fixing the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, and behold, a year later, they took it out of the game. It's not a thing anymore. It's
0: finally a thing. That's good. So not a thing, rather, yeah.
1: Yeah, I suffered for an entire season playing that game.
0: You you do, too. I mean, um, so me and my girlfriend played Assassin's Creed Odyssey at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I was just playing it a little bit more than she was. So I ended up beating the game before she did. Um, And I beat the game no problem. But there's a bug that prevents you from beating the game, and like she got to experience that, and so it was really hard for her to get to the end of the game, basically not be able to finish it. And honestly, it came out years ago. Like they have not fixed that bug, and there's a number of other bugs we encountered playing the game together where I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird, isn't it? But you know, years ago, it's not been fixed. Typical. Yeah. Typical. You know, I get it. You know, it, in some regards, if I'm trying to be understanding maybe manpower is a thing it's like we can't mm. afford to you know work on a game that came out like five years ago maybe but just i feel like if you're not willing to keep working on a game from five years ago you should stop selling the game from five years ago and they still actively sell it in their stores so that's kind of what i think with that
1: yeah that'd be like buying i don't know a laptop from best buy and be like well that's last year's model so you get nothing <laughs> like if something breaks on it you have to buy a new one good luck yeah like that's not a solid business practice. so why is it why is it with media being so heavily pushed? Like why why is it okay to get something that's incomplete? Why is it okay to get something that's not as it should be or does not work as is intended? Like that sucks to me. and that, that seems to be the way the culture is moving.
0: Yeah, that's been my biggest thing with the... Not to bring up Elden Ring again, but that's my biggest thing with this patch. It's like, there's people celebrating it where they're like, wow, we get new content. I'm like, does it not bother you that it wasn't there in the first place? No. Like...
1: <laughs> no, and that that sucks. Like, It seems to me like people fall into one of two camps. Either they're way too damn fickle and they're ruining video games, or they're way too forgiving and they're ruining video <laughs>
0: games. Yeah.
1: I need more pissed off moderates god damn it
0: well you know speaking of that too like my other positive point was going to be that um and i i'm kind of fickle on this one personally okay cool um because i think of it one of two ways i think of it as a consumer and i think about it as a creator okay um and that is that over time if a game comes out that people are really excited about or that has a really good concept or anything like that um and it comes out and it bombs over time, it can be modded and changed into something that the player base really enjoys. And there's there's been a few games like that. Um, I'm playing one right now, like the S A O game that came out like years ago. Um, I was looking up reviews about it, and I was like, is this worth playing? Because like I was just mm. I started re- or I finished the recent season of it, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to play like a sort of online game, like you know. Mm, okay. A lot of them aren't very good, but I was like, you know, I have the newest one, and so I started looking at reviews, and like from years ago, people are like, this game is terrible. But then you look at years of reviews and like just the last year alone like they all say the same thing like yeah they've done a lot of work on it and it's changed like it's actually very enjoyable now um and so i think that's great but just as a creator i'm like fuck you if you don't like my game (laughs) yeah fuck you if you don't like this thing i made you know
1: yeah um a point i can tack on to that is uh something that was like a brush fire in the community was when uh no man's sky got released the first time yes how that ever sold another copy like i don't care what fixes were made i don't care how great this game is in air quotes i don't give a damn you did a lot of people super dirty
0: that was purely the fan base's fault though because the whole story with that is that they were getting death threats about this game because people really wanted it to be released. And Wait, like what? Yeah, they were getting death threats, like, on the regular, about, like, if you don't release No Man's Sky, like, I'm going to find your house and I'm going to kill you. Like, that kind of stuff. And, like, there were people, like, outside their workspace, like, fucking protesting and shit like that, like, being really what? violent. Yeah, that was a whole fan thing. Because, like, when they announced the game, they pr- everything they promised that is now in the game, they're like, yeah, there's going to be multiplayer, there's going to be all this stuff, and of course there's going to be, like, that's what we want to do. And it took a really long time to, you know, get a finished, like, product of the game essentially mm-hmm. and people were not happy with waiting they did not want to wait they were really mad about it and like sort of death threats and stuff like that was coming Holy in shit. so they released the game and then people became even more mad about the fact that like the stuff wasn't and it's like well yeah like it wasn't fucking done
1: that's nuts i didn't know that yeah okay, so that changes my opinion a little bit but still like yeah no that, that pretty much 180s in my opinion yeah i, re- I re- rewind the tape
0: well you know um i think that a bottom line for the game and like or any game in general is that there should be like a legally binding disclaimer they have to put on your video games where it's like if this is not a finished product um and give people the choice you know like as like for matter of fact with Elden Ring again like if they'd released like yeah this is not the finished product we have patches coming and stuff like that I wouldn't have bought it yet I would have waited I'm like okay cool I'll buy this in a couple months when it's finished yeah. or a few more months when it's finished like you know even another fucking year i like, cool. like will buy it next year when it's finished mm-hmm. um but those fanboys who've been loving it since it was announced they'd buy it and that's their choice that's totally fine if it's their choice but that's what should be done because
1: yeah I can get behind that
0: it's just not fair to get hyped for a game and just completely destroy it.
1: Yeah, I will say this. Um, One thing that's come out of my experience with Elden Ring is I will never buy another video game within the first week ever again. I'm kind of done with that. Like, this was a $70 investment that I could have got a couple months or years. That's generally my move anyway. I get into things way after they're relevant. Yeah. Just because of the way dlc culture is i know i'm getting a polished product mm-hmm. this is as good as it's going to be
0: yeah if you're like six months to a year and like a game still sucks it's probably always gonna suck but yeah. if you you know wait a few months and it's like yeah and this patch came out like this thing came out of like oh cool like they're working on it actively that's mm-hmm. nice um i i honestly think that and i think that FromSoft's not innocent from this either um not with Elden ring but there are other games i think a big move for companies these days is this dlc thing is on purpose Mm-hmm. I think that it's an excuse to get the initial, you know, $40, 50 dollars charge out of you, and then charge you another $15, $30, fifteen, thirty, twenty, whatever, um, after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole thing with the like gold editions or deluxe editions, like all that stuff that comes out years yes. later, I feel like that's just a business move. To be like, hey, I can get the whole game again for sixty dollars, but it's the whole game now. It's just a way to resell you the same shit.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I. I bought Dark Souls 3 when it came out. And I I do believe that was the last, like, first day of purchase that I was happy with. And then I was pissed when I found, like, oh, now there's this other version out, you know, called the Fire Fades edition and it has all the DLC. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I hate this. I, I That was probably, like, the first seed of this podcast planted in my head. I was like, this is bullshit, man. Why am I paying... All this, I mean, another great example. I mean, you brought up Ubisoft earlier. Uh, for Honor, I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh man, this game kicks ass!" I just re-downloaded it, by the way. <laughs> um, I do love that game. Is it still good? Um, uh, hot take. I think it's way better on computer. Yeah. Um, just the the way the pairing and stuff works, I think it's way better. But bought the game when it came out, like same, ca- yeah, came out on Valentine's Day. It's a kick-ass way to spend Valentine's Day, you know blowing each other's heads off with swords. It was awesome. Uh, and then a couple of months later I was like, what the hell is this DLC package? I'm like, oh, they're dropping new characters. I'm like, go on the way of Mortal Kombat. I can't believe it. Like, I had such high hopes for this because initially it was so good. Like, it wasn't buggy, at least in my experience, because they beta tested it really well. It felt awesome and I'd never played a game like that before. Like, it was a true out on a limb, let's try this out.
0: It, it really was and i stopped playing it um primarily because of the hackers um oh really oh yeah when that game first came out uh like i got mega into it because i really liked the concept of it and i had followed it when it was announced like way before so like mm. when it came out i was like yeah i definitely fucking want this um and then my i, I was even hesitant about buying it my buddy kevin bought it and he's like no it's good you should buy it and i was like okay i'll go buy it mm. you know twist my arm why like, don't you i already <laughs> want to but you know um yeah i got really into it and then hackers started invading the game and like Mm. it became like unplayable for a good solid amount of time like i think i played it for around like three or four months after the initial release of it Mm -hmm. and it became unplayable because everybody was a hacker like everybody had like infinite health everybody had like no stuns on them like everyone would be like they could hit you from like 10 yards away like it was bullshit like wow the hackers in that game were just terrible um and it just became unplayable i didn't want to deal with it and it just didn't seem like Ubisoft was gonna fix it, and I was like, "Well, this is pretty standard for them, so fuck them." Um, and I haven't played it since. So, and also, like, he saw the DLC thing, I was like, "Wait, you have to buy new characters too?" Like,
1: yeah, I I repurchased that game on Steam like last September. I only know that cause Steam told me when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I did think was really cool is you remember how initially you had to buy all your um, all your characters with steel.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: even the DLC characters now are purchasable with the game currency you earn in game That's cool. yeah that was the big save for me I was like okay cool so these characters that I initially would have had to pay 5 or 10 bucks for before or buy the season pass for before now I can just buy them with in game currency that's cool so I mean that was kind of like the point of the resurrection I was talking to a friend at work about it and he goes no dude you can totally buy that with in game currency and I was like alright it's worth a shot again I did love that game and then I booted it up on my PC, and I was like, yeah, okay, all right, we can, we can do this.
0: How's the, I mean, do you know how the community is, though? Like, that's, that's probably a big thing for me, too, like, it was already a really salty community, so, Uh, I just wonder how it's become.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, the thing that used to irritate me the most is it's a game called For Honor. Yeah. And I would always let people off the edge. Mm -hmm. Like, if we were, um, there was that map that was in, like, the Viking training camp that had all, like, you were in the cliff sides, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, if I got somebody close to the edge and it was just like barraging them with attacks once they got to the edge and started falling I'd back off Same, I'd yeah. let, let him recover and then we'd get in a good position and go again and it was really great because I remember this was like probably two weeks after it's release um, I was doing duos with a friend of mine and I did that to one of the guys when it was just him and I and he ended up killing me that match and they won and they re-queued with us for probably five hours like they just wanted to keep fighting us and i made a friend out of it that's really cool yeah they they hit me up over playstation and all that like dude good matches like that was super fun uh sent me the invite and like we can play anytime that i'm online and i was like dude that's super cool you know playing a game called for honor and we did it honorably and we made some pals that was super cool
0: yeah, that was an opposite in my experience. I got death threats constantly.
1: Oh shit. I got
0: hate mail constantly. But I was also playing the uh like the rogue class where the, I remember they were the called The Peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, you asshole.
1: It's <laughs> a good class, like, but
0: what a lovely yeah. name, the peacekeeper. Like yeah. you're constantly getting hate mail for.
1: Oh yeah, the peacekeeper. I'm gonna lift up your arm and stab you in the armpit ninety times. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. I had a one I I had a one shot kill combo with the Peacekeeper that uh I made sure to like, get all the uh, equipment that would boost your stats up, enough to have like enough stamina to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I do like the the, ba- like, the really, uh, like, basic combo them: like they grab you, shank you a couple times, mm-hmm. jump back, like dodge to the left, grab you, shank you a couple times, <laughs> jump back. Um, except I added enough stamina to my thing where you could do the power attack, where like it block, it goes through guarding essentially. So I do it twice, and then like do like a whirlwind attack with my swords, or just like kill people. And it was like a one hit kill, like i kill you in like 10 seconds probably.
1: Oh yeah, that pissed me off too, I'd <laughs> probably send you hate mail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to do like a 1v1s a lot, um, they had like a lobby where you can do like 1v1s, yeah. I did that a ton. Um, that's when I experienced hackers they're like uh, I don't have the video anymore because it's on like my very very old playstation I don't have anymore. Mm. But um, I had a video of fighting a hacker where like it was like a 10 minute long fight and their health wouldn't drop at all and I was like this is fucking stupid. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Yeah, dude, I'd be really pissed about that because that the initial community I'm talking like cuz that launched Valentine's Day 2017, I think, was when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the when it came out. Um I only remember because I got it did, like when it came out and then GameStop was handing out their pins. Mm-hmm. Like for whatever faction you were and I got it really late like right before they closed and they're like oh you got the pre-order so you get to pick one of these pins and the dude working the counter was like like dude i have a whole box of these left he's like do you just want a couple of every one and i was like yes i do so um i still have my Ferroner pins yeah oh, that's uh, cool yeah i used to have them in uh the sun visor of my car i had all three of them because that you know it's just a cool thing to have but yeah that, i got i got a real soft spot for that game and to get into playing it again and now hearing that hacking is a thing
0: it was when i was playing it this was years ago like 2017 so who knows but
1: i haven't got back online yet i'm still trying to learn the mouse and keyboard controls for it um i do think it's really cool because um i think it was with the right stick it was how you did where yeah, you were guarding before think so. now it's with the mouse when you're on mouse and keyboard oh
0: that seems like easier
1: it is insanely fun though like, it feels so much more fluid. It yeah. feels like you're swinging a goddamn sword, like, yeah. right and left. is super cool. But anyway, I digress.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of big fuck-ups, though, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel, I feel a little bit bad. I keep putting Bethesda on the chopping block. Um, this isn't about Skyrim, though. Um, this is about Fallout 76. Oh, ouch. And uh, the whole story with that game is... It just comes around to being some of the, like the most scummiest DC or DLC culture stuff I've ever experienced, because the whole thing with that game was like, yeah, you know, I'll give you the abridged version. Like, the whole thing with that game was like there was that deluxe edition you could buy, which I think was like over a hundred dollars or some shit like that. Where you got like a duffel bag and like special soda or like Nuka Cola or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, a bunch of other stuff you got with it. Um, and the you know the normal people who bought that game, just the normal fans, um, got a really shitty, watered down version of those products. Um, but it was revealed that if you were a streamer or an influencer of any kind, you got the quality versions of those products. Really. So that's a shitty thing right out the gate. But when it comes to the game itself, uh, it was not only a buggy mess, which was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, the the stories about the bugs alone are hilarious. But um, the things that came about it was like it would ask people how they were doing the bugs, and then after they told them, they would uh, ban their account and then, like, pretend they fixed the problem without being told about it. Which oh, that's wow. That's really scummy. Um, the thing that pissed me off the most about it, though, and how it feeds into the DLC culture thing, is all of, these, all of this content that was promised at the very beginning of the game, all you have to do is buy the game. You will get this content. You will get to experience this. Mm-hmm. Um, was not present when the game first came out. And then later they tried to sell it to you in the cash office DLC. Like, that's fucked up. Wow. That was the uh that was the deal on the coffin for me. That was when I officially put Bethesda on my blacklist. I'm not even a Bethesda fan, honestly. Um you know, I've diddled around in Skyrim with like anybody, I've played the Fallout games, you know, I fucked around on those. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore fan whatsoever, mm-hmm. but that was offensive enough for me. Like, I will never buy another Bethesda product again. I won't
1: that's a fair bet that's a really (laughs)
0: dirty thing to do to people yeah i mean i don't know who is making those decisions i don't i'm probably todd howard but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just i won't do it that to have the window open to try and sell people the promised thing to begin with as dlc that's not okay that's just having the opportunity is not good and that's probably one of my biggest issues with DLC culture is you have people who do that constantly. You have lots of companies who sell you an incomplete game and then try and sell it to you, the complete version, later on as DLC for $15, $20, $30. Yeah. Um, and it's becoming more and more of a common practice. And I'll give Elden Ring this, you know, from FromSoft this. The update with Elden Ring was free. They didn't try and sell it to me as a DLC thing. Mm-hmm. That's commendable. But... <laughs> Still, it's still an incomplete game, and it's just it's on. It's a bad check. I'm gonna say. Yeah. Gonna put that in the neg column for me.
1: They got a real, real nice word for that. It's called exploitation. Yeah. Exploit your fans. My my nephew was telling me. I don't know how much. I haven't done any research on this, but he was telling me that there's a giant lawsuit against Bethesda right now, against DLC. He actually um, uh, I told him what we might be talking about this week, and he's like, oh well, if you happen to talk about DLC, you might want to mention this. Okay, Uh, I'm intrigued apparently there's a giant lawsuit against Bethesda right now which is what he says is going to go to court next February about the exact verbiage what was written down in a game they sold he said it was one of the Fallout games I'm thinking it might be 76 but he said Fallout 4 like I said haven't done any legwork on this but said that because of the verbiage of something he said that When they purchased their season pass or whatever, it said all future updates, all future DLCs will be given to you once you buy this pass. They locked some of that content that they were advertising behind another piece of DLC called the Creators Pack. Mm -hmm. So you had to buy them both to get everything they promised you initially. And a bunch of people were really unhappy about that, which is understandable. I mean... yeah the thing about what makes to me video games a great um, like rallying hobby is initial cost of entry is high like buying a new console that's a very high cost of entry but the games themselves are not that expensive you can save for that it's not something you gotta like put money away for six months to buy a video game I don't know your budget there's probably people out there that do that but that's the thing like there are people from all financial backgrounds that find a way to make this thing happen. And to try and nickel and dime them again, that really sucks. Like, that just shows how out of touch people are.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bungie is the reason why I don't play Destiny anymore. Because that is their entire thing, is they will constantly give you this season pass you can buy or something, whatever, you know, season pass this, season pass that. And like oh if you buy the season pass then you know all this content up to a certain point like will be free Whatever we're releasing the season it's solely free if you buy a season pass but then another season pass comes out and then another season pass comes out and then another season pass comes out and that's why I don't play Destiny anymore mm-hmm. I mean a very short story about that like I, I tried playing Destiny like months ago and like every step I took it felt like there was a big pop-up ad coming up being like oh you should buy this DLC like there's a fucking tutorial about how to use the cash shop now that it would not let me skip out of <laughs>
1: yep I just <sighs> well you're probably going to need this so
0: yeah. might as well learn how to use it And it's just it's it's such a shame to see companies like that follow and I said FromSoft's not invulnerable to this because you know like the uh, Abyss Walker DLC for the very first Dark Souls game oh yeah as much as that added like some good lore to the game it was not worth $30
1: absolutely not
0: um I was happy to pay for it you know a few months later when it was dropped down to like $18 I was like yeah mm-hmm. this feels much more worth it um but yeah. even then that became a gold edition item later so
1: yeah when you get the uh the remaster mm-hmm. it's in there um so the benchmark i've laid I don't know, i'm not sure if i've laid this out in the podcast before i'm sure we've talked about this uh off air uh but the benchmark i set for a video game is i expect an hour of gameplay for every dollar that i spend oh okay and i don't think that's an unfair benchmark i think it's pretty standardized across the community actually because most people i talk to and share that information with you're like yeah that seems about fair like every dollar i spend should give me an hour of entertainment um i don't exclude grinding i don't exclude dying i don't exclude any of that like i should not be able to take a 60 well shit no 70 80 video game and down it in 40 hours
0: well how's that feel to you to the people who like did do all that though they're like yeah i paid 60 dollars for the game initially i bought The DLC for fifteen. I bought this DLC for fifteen. I bought this thing for fifteen, and then like another version comes like, oh yeah, it's sixty dollars for all of it. Like, I feel ripped off personally.
1: It's a kick in the balls, man. Like Like, I said, that also feeds into I don't buy games day one. Elden Ring was the exception I made because FromSoft had keyword very sad keyword now had a great track record of that, and now it seems that they're. They're getting into the flow of everything else, and that sucks.
0: That whole thing started with Sekiro because uh, I think it was really a—I love Sekiro, mind you. This mm-hmm. is my favorite Souls game. Um, but it, I, I still don't think it was a coincidence that around the time Ghost of Shima launched, they came out with like the gold edition of Sekiro with all the weird fucking costumes and multiplayer and like weird stuff you could do in that game now. Where mm-hmm. I don't think that was a coincidence. Like it feels like they were just like, well, shit, let's make the game, let's make people buy it again, you know. Um, and I don't think it was the... I think at the time, anyway, it was not DLC you could just purchase on the shop. It was, like, you had to buy Sekiro again, essentially. It's um, mm. so not the first time for soft's done it. Um, I mean, good news I've heard about DLC. Like, apparently the Witcher DLC is very worth it. Oh, God, the yes. The Witcher 3. Well,
1: um, uh, just, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, go but, for it, yeah. Um, when you bought another game I bought very close to its release, to, to the point where I got a... Um, a day one edition, Um, there was a thank you you note from CD Projekt Red on the inside. It included uh, a map. It included the soundtrack for the game on disc. And it included um, that note that said, uh, for your continued support and your patience waiting for this game to come out, it took a long time to develop and all this, Uh, they gave you 17 free DLC items. So everything that was available in the PlayStation Store when that game dropped, you could get and... Uh, hearts of stone which was their first expansion was coming soon and they said this is one you're going to have to pay for but it's
0: worth the wait and it totally was I haven't played it yet Um, from what I've heard uh, my whole thing with Witcher 3 was like I played the original one um, and then like bought the gold edition later and like the save files don't mash so I was like fuck all right well
1: (laughs) they changed a lot Um, I, I played like I said when it first came out and then I put it down for a while and I came back to it like a year and a half ago and I was like wow these menus don't look at the same at all anymore um all good moves I think like I said I have no negatives about that game I'd, I'd really have to think hard about something I didn't like about that game yeah I, and I I enjoyed all I of I
0: talked about my negatives on the open world episode but <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: I guess the negative about it, like I said yeah some things you can like... find
0: the things for it but no uh, all in all I hear it, so it's worth it and um, yeah. I, I have not played them so I'm not going to reserve judgment and be like no it fucking sucks fuck you for making DLC Um, I've heard it's very worth it people have never been satisfied I've heard that it adds a, it's like at least buying like another game mm-hmm. you get at least like 20 or so hours out of like each expansion or each DLC chapter yeah and
1: they're not expensive um, yeah they, that's that's the thing. Like, I can tell you where I think my like where I think the origins come from. Um, I remember uh the huge chasms that were between Diablo One, Diablo Two, Diablo Three, and in order to keep their players invested, uh, Diablo Two is the one I grew up with, so that's the one I know the most. Um, they're like, well, our base game is good. Our base game is solid. Our mechanics are solid so to keep our players you know while we're on the side working on diablo 3 we're going to give you an expansion blizzard did the same thing with world of warcraft their base game was good so to keep people invested they expanded their universe expanded their lore did this did that did the other thing and it was good like expansion culture is something i'm totally behind and i draw a very hard line between an expansion and dlc because an expansion generally You get a lot of content, some new stuff. Not a lot, but some new stuff. And it's worth to keep playing, especially if you're invested in that one universe, in that one lore set, which I think is super cool. DLC culture for me is literally just nickeling and diming people. Yeah. You know, I I feel like in the days of Diablo 2 and things like that, people believed in what they made and they stood behind it.
0: Yeah, you and had to. There, there wasn't going to be a fix-it later option. Mm-mm.
1: Making money was second. Yeah, you made something you were proud of, and at least in those days, you know, real, recognized, real. Like you're like, wow, you really worked really hard on this. I really enjoyed playing this. This is fun. I like this. Um, nowadays, it's I can release you a half-built project or a uh, a half-baked idea it's like oh don't worry we'll fix it in the dlc that sucks man that really irritates me
0: yeah i i think free updates are admirable with stuff like that totally but still it's just the fact of being sold an incomplete product and it's fine if it's free updates over time where it's like it adds like pokemon legends of arceus has done this where like uh there was a free update after the game launched like a couple months after it came out and people like basically finished it because it's not a very long game Mm -hmm. um there was a free update afterwards to added more stuff to it and i wasn't mad about that because it's like okay it's more stuff i can do like that's it really um keyword free uh, yeah free exactly if they had charged me now the stuff that they added to that that update if they tried to charge me ten dollars for it i would have been pissed about it um but no as a free update admirable and like i'm okay with stuff like that um it's okay if like things are kind of like lackluster or things are kind of like minimum If like it's a free update because it doesn't feel like I'm being ripped off no but a lot of companies will sell you stuff like that where it's a minimum update or like very little stuff to do but you have to pay me $15 for it mm-hmm. and, and like that's the problem so
1: yeah um, on that thing I was talking about earlier it seems like we're drifting in a microtransaction a little bit yeah yeah so um, one of my good friends shout out Blake he uh we were talking about things and he said that what he dislikes about dlc culture pretty much falls in line with what we say he said but you got to remember um sometimes time definitely equals money so sometimes people just want to spend a little money in the cash shop to get where they need to be um to enjoy the content, to enjoy more content Like end game stuff and stuff like that And he said something you have to remember is Level and Gear does not equal skill And that's totally true, I thought about um, An experience I had in World of Warcraft when you first got the ability to Power level your character to 90 Yeah. You got one of those for free When you got warlords Yep. Um, we named these Specific kind of people Timmy's <laughs> um, We got into Dungeons with these timmy's quote unquote and they would just die immediately or they would be doing very dumb things and i would ask him like dude what is your rotation and no kidding a message i got back from that was what's a rotation (laughs) god you're a max level character and you don't know how to run it like that's so what he says is true time money gear does not equal skill um I don't think that's an absolute forgiveness, but um, I'm guilty. I've bought Warframes in Warframe just because I don't have days to form yeah. reputation. I don't have time for that. Uh, my, my time for my hobbies is very narrow, especially nowadays. So, um, I get it. I can forgive stuff like that, but what I can't forgive is, like you said, incomplete products or you have to get this to make this playable or any of that crap that's not it i'm not into that side of it
0: that kind of drifts into like two of the things we've talked about too because like i think it's in the first episode like the pay to win aspect like mm-hmm. games with the pay to win aspect um sometimes it does like pay to win translates into just like paying to actually play the game you are mm-hmm. skipping the time it takes to get certain things so you can actually play the game and do stuff you want to do i think that's fine um i don't i think there should be a clear line like the boulder did this right at least like the gear you get for boosting level 90 is not like top tier by any means mm-hmm. it's basically dungeon gear um yeah, so you bit. can actually do better um and that's great because i would hate if like i spend you know 100 hours a week raiding or whatever or doing dungeons like farming and shit like that that like the top tier stuff and you just buy that on the cash up like that would be fucked up but yeah i'm okay with stuff like that um Another thing, too, I'm okay with like cash-off items like, cosmetics. I'm totally fan with cosmetics, man. Totally. If you just, like, like, I'm a big, like, glamour whore. I mm-hmm. want my character to look the coolest as fucking possible. Like, yeah. I've done mob runs in WoW a shit ton. Uh, I've spent hours customizing outfits in Final Fantasy XIV. Like, I love making my character look cool. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with cosmetic items. What I'm not okay with is when the cosmetic items you can buy are clearly more beautiful than anything else you can get in the game, and that feels a little bit on purpose, Mm -hmm. um and i'm also not okay if like you can get something out of the dlc item that you can't get in the game or at least you can't get right away um and it puts you a clear edge over um like case in point when destiny 2 first came out there was a a, like a plasma rifle or whatever it's called i think it was a new rifle that came out like the beam rifle or whatever Mm -hmm. i can't remember the name but it was like an ice gun that you got
1: was it the hung jury
0: no, no. It was an exotic weapon that shot like an ice beam. Like just a, you hold down the trigger and oh. shoot an ice beam.
1: So like the eye of Osiris, but right before that.
0: Yeah. It was yeah, it is like the Eye of Osiris. It's it's the ice version of that. Yeah. Um you got that for pre ordering the game as a DLC item and like people would take that thing in the crucible and like it was disgusting. Like they would just one shot you. And at the time you couldn't get it in the game at all. Um, only if you pre-ordered the game. Um, it eventually became an item you could buy, but like at the time, you couldn't get it. And like it was so funny, like people who were like hardcore, like day oneers, were like, within the first week, like uh, they all just would take that gun into the raids and just like pop the bosses with it because they'd all just use that gun, and like it was just disgustingly overbroken, uh, overpowered, overbroken. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, New
1: term. I love it. Yep. Thanks <laughs> to the internet. Hash browns still loading.
0: Um, and it, I feel like things with that too, like does not defeat the purpose you know it's like you you spend all this time putting effort into a game and making the game Mm -hmm. and then you make something stronger than is like feasibly obtainable in the game like how does that the kind of like degrades your work you put in the game i feel like Like, as a creator i would feel that way at least
1: yeah uh i would say that that probably was not the creator's decision yeah i believe that's something the marketing team was like hey we need to keep these people happy because they're the people that are gonna promote our game and get it on twitch and all this stuff um which real, real hot take. Um, I don't like that video games have become an industry that way. Like, I've said it before, I don't like watching let's plays. And I sure as hell don't like watching somebody else play video games and then get money for it.
0: Now's a bad time to tell you about the still open let's play trend. Oh god. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen this will be my last budget <laughs> i kidding I respectfully <laughs> resign <laughs> I'm
1: kidding um, it's just not for me man like it irritates me that something that I did for fun and recreation and my friends did for fun and recreation has gone the capitalist way like mm. you found a way to milk any dollar and cent you can out of it and it's very hard with the exception of you and a few other people that I've met recently to find people that play games literally for fun like, it's not, like, especially, uh, again, I don't mean to dime these people out, but like, when I meet people that are 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. and you can just tell by the way that things are set up in their life, that they're like, oh, I'm trying to make it killing Twitch gaming, or I'm trying to, you know, get into that whole market, and it's like, you're going into this for the wrong reason, man.
0: Yeah, you can't do it for the money. You gotta do it for the pure entertainment value. Like I love the people who are like, Yeah, I love my community, I'm all about the community. Like Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. Yes. And it's hard to Twitch stream. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying it's one of those things where it's like it's so fucking like easy. Like it's just a bullshit. Like, you know, it's it's hard to make it as a streamer, but no, I see what you're saying. Like people who are purely just like, Oh, I'm not making any money, like I'm fucking like I'm failing. It's like, Are you having fun though? Like what the fuck is fun? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: no i don't even like this game it just gets a lot of views i'm like whoa
0: that's your problem yeah
1: like and, and people can tell that for sure like you can tell when you're not having a good time mm-hmm. um
0: any world of warcraft stream
1: i oh, no kidding <laughs> this game is so broken i swear you hear that once on the hour i'm gonna make world of warcraft stream bingo <laughs> and we're yeah. gonna play
0: oh that'd be fun yeah you play
1: are you uh, are you kidding me oh that's a square <laughs> what the
0: fuck is that that's a
1: square (laughs) don't even get a free space you don't need one you're gonna hear all these things
0: (laughs) fix your game blizzard (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) big square (laughs) oh god
0: you you talked a little bit about um i think it's a really good point like back then like developers had to be confident in their product they'd be proud of their product um, you know you can really tell that with old games you can really tell that with like you know PlayStation 1 era games Nintendo games like you can tell people really love their game like they put their everything into it there's tons of great success stories coming from mm-hmm. that um, you really have to put your heart in your sleeve like you really have to believe in your product and be like you know what this is going to make a million dollars This is, I'm going to do it you know yeah especially if like I mean that's how oh, Final Fantasy became a thing like if they had to believe themselves they're like alright well nobody likes our games so let's make the game we want to make we'll stop trying to please everybody we'll just make the game we want to make
1: yeah and they found their drive, didn't they yeah,
0: and that's why final fantasy is called final fantasy it was the last game the company was ever gonna make and then that game saved their company and like revived it from the ashes and look where they're at now yeah talk about a glow up <laughs> exactly man can you, on that note though can you imagine like if, you know like the playstation one era games where like if uh They had, like, three or four discs. Can you imagine, like, buying that game and then being like, okay, I gotta pay an extra $20. We want disc two.
1: Oh, dude. No. (laughs) Isn't that what they're doing with the Final Fantasy VII remake?
0: Yes and no. Um, They're... That game truly is a remake. And I think that with how long it took for them to make it, they are kind of doing it in parts. Um, My only hope is that they're not going to charge... How I feel about it in the end will be how much when part two comes out, how much it costs. If they charge me sixty dollars again for part two, I will have very mixed feelings because on the one hand I know how much work they're putting into Final Fantasy Seven, like you can tell, if you look at the game, you can tell how much work they're putting into it. And it's like I get it. Labor's not free, time's not free, like I get it. But at the same time it's just like, dude, I'm gonna like be dead by the time like the fourth one or the third part comes out or whatever, you yeah. know? and it's like I, don't, I can't just wait like every fucking 10 years and spend $80 on your game man like
1: yeah you're gonna be at, like 50 and have to blow the dust off the PS5 to play <laughs> yeah, to play yeah. disc 3 it sucks
0: yeah it's just so I don't know I don't know what they're doing um they did the DLC chapter which was not bad I, I think it was uh not worth the price yet again but uh I, again, I got it on sale and it was around like ten bucks. Ten bucks mm-hmm. is a perfect price for it because the amount of content you get essentially, said you know hour per play or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that chapter is around like six, seven, eight hours or something like that. You can get out of it, assuming you do the extra stuff. But it was good. Um, yeah, they are kind of doing the Final Fantasy Seven remake, but it's just I'm willing to forgive Square Enix because they don't usually fuck people over, and I think with the Seven remake especially, they're can tell they're really putting their heart and soul into it and i'm not mad about that um that's a game i'd gladly spend 80 dollars for like really yeah when the first one came out i was trying to get the deluxe edition of it which was 80 because i was like this seems worth it and like it was worth it i think it would have been well worth 80 you know i try really hard to think about the people you know mm-hmm. the, the game developer teams being like working away like every fucking you know 10 12 hour days like making these games like I get it. It's more so their corporate overlords than just like, you guys are the fucking problem.
1: Yeah, I find that to be the case in most things, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh DLC ruined my favorite Final Fantasy game, so I talked 15. about yeah, fifteen mm-hmm. despite the fact that I think it was ruined by the open world aspect not ruined, it was held down by the open world aspect. Um, what ruined it was the subsequent DLCs afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because the community fucking sucks, like, there's nothing else I can say about it, the community fucking sucks, um, people were so pissed about the dumbest things about that game, and so, like, to try and make them happy, like, the team ended up having to, like, fix things, like, change things, like, and now that game sucks, like, I just, I don't, not sucks, but, like, it just, it released some things that completely counteracts what the original story was about, in some cases, it ruins the mysticism that game had, because of, like, how they did the map, so it's like, oh, never mind, like, um, like, the main bad guy's uh, plot, his whole plot, his scheme was like really contradicted at the end of the game because of the DLC stuff they added to it. I'm like, why, why would he do this? Like, why would he care? This makes no sense. And then there's this uh, whole thing where, like, there's this, like, mystical, magical island that, like, he, the main character gets transported to at some point. And it's very otherworldly and very ethereal, and you're just like, well, fuck, like, this is straight up, like, a weird, like, magical place because they added boat travel in that game you can go around and by the way all it does is add like a, a photo opportunity and like you can find a whale that's pretty much it mm-hmm. um, but yeah you can travel around the boat if you want to you know because that was a big thing were like oh I want boat travel so like okay here's boat travel um, now you can find that area on the map and so it's like okay well this is no longer mystical or magical like this completely broke my immersion so thank you for that oh great so I mean it's just that was an issue, but <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I've told you this. We've talked about that in real life, off of the air. Um, I'll tell anyone listening: if you want to play Fifteen, you should. But find yourself a Day One edition. Turn off your internet. Don't allow it to update, and then play the Day One edition because that edition is very good.
1: Heck yeah, I, I it's uh, it's on the list. It it looked really interesting and fun. It's, I like
0: story wise it's my favorite one because it just. It's so raw. It's so impactful. I love the characters so much. Um, the open world is a vehicle for you to get to know the characters, which I think is really nice. Um, that's probably the positive thing I have about being an open world game. Is it? It is a vehicle for you to get to know the characters. No pun intended, because you drive and around in car the whole time. But <laughs> oh, neat. Like no pun intended. But that's what it is. Like I really enjoy that, and like you do, you do fall in love with the characters. There's like a really big plot point later in the game. Um, that's way more impactful if you took the time to like drive around and like, get to know some of your party members because you learn something about this guy in particular and you're like, oh that fucking sucks for you, dude. I'm so sorry. Shit. But if you didn't know that thing, you'd just be like, oh that sucks, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh. Well Well. Oh. You got any got any other points? Any positives? Any negatives? Um
1: not really. Like I said, I didn't have a lot of small points to make here i you know to quote george garland i uh i don't have pet peeves with this subject i have seething fucking hatreds <laughs> and i think
0: i think i've aired that out i feel lighter i feel better about yeah, it yeah no it feels good if nothing this podcast is therapeutic right absolutely <laughs> all right well i think that's everything for me then um we'll catch you next time on the next episode thank you for listening and uh, bye for now later